Amen. We're living in exciting times. Kingdom times. Um, it's been 12 days of uh, my voice being a little bit strained, so if I croak, it's all right, as long as you get what I'm saying. Amen. I have to uh, yeah, figure out some exercises for my voice. Uh, two quick announcements uh, as well that Connor didn't get to, and that's uh, Matchbox Babies. Um, on Sunday, the 29th of October, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., um, at Elf's Hill Kitty's Party Venue, Matchbox Babies is having a fundraising event. Is Nicole? She was here. Where's Nicole? Okay. Um, um, if you can uh, yeah, get along to that, it's just raising finances for Matchbox Babies. That's abandoned babies that are uh, from all over the place, wherever they, they, um, they take care of them and find them foster homes and and, uh, and try and get them into families. It's a, it's a, God's doing amazing things there. And that's a fundraising event. There's a whole party thing going on, uh, water fun and entertainment and all those things. So um, we'll announce it uh, in the next couple of weeks. But Sunday, the 29th of October, it's from um, just after the church service through to 5 p.m. And then um, just something that I'll, it'll come more clearer now that I just want to announce is that not tonight, but from next week, um, are we going from 5 p.m.? Are we going from 6 p.m.? Okay, so we're going we're gonna to go from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, from next week and every Sunday until I think the end of November, um, there's going to be a prayer meeting here in the church. Amen. Um, and, uh, and then we are looking to kick into um, our course. We, we just, uh, we've designed our own uh, course, which is, um, I think... Uh, a now, a now word for, for all of us to refresh and also a now word for what God's wanting to do in and through us. So we're looking to start that. I've just got to see how that works out. But um, the, the, the prayer meeting definitely from next week, five to six, we're going to have a prayer meeting here on a Sunday evening and go after the things that God's got for us. Amen. So Dara is that. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to wherever you feel like it's all good. Amen? No. <laughs> yeah, not John 3. We're gonna... The thing that was really stirred in my heart, which I think um, as a church worldwide that we have lost maybe the emphasis um, over the last little while, is how many know that we're actually spiritual beings? How many know that when you don't uh, have Christ in your life, when you haven't been born again, then your spirit man is dead, amen? You're in darkness, um, and uh, there's no life. The, light, you've been, the life of God has been removed um, out of you, even though you're breathing and you, you, you're kind of walking around on this natural planet. Spiritual life has been taken out. How many know that? When you get born again, something incredible happens, and the Spirit of God comes and breathes on us and causes us to be born again and to be renewed and transformed and changed back to be sons and daughters. Amen. But we know that we still live in this body and we're still walking around. It doesn't look like anything's changed, but I've been made alive. Amen. Spiritually alive. I'm a spirit being. So when I get born again, the Spirit of God comes and breathes in me as Jesus breathed on the disciples, and we get born again, the Holy Spirit comes and makes us alive. But in that whole process, God said that you still have to tarry. You have to wait in Jerusalem. Because you need to be baptized. You need to be filled with the Spirit. 
Because we're spiritual beings. Amen. And when you're filled with the Spirit, then you can operate in the authority and the power of the Spirit in our lives. And I'll walk through that now very quickly, but I want to I share this as a, as a pre, prelude. So what happens with the people of God is that we lose, because we're living on this planet and in a fleshly and earthly realm, we lose the understanding actually that we're spiritual beings and that we're supposed to operate in the Spirit. So a lot of what we do in the church today is operating in the natural realm, in the realm where actually we are not that well equipped. And because we're not that, that well equipped, we start to compete in that realm and try to do things in that realm, and then we'd face all the challenges and the difficulties that happen in that realm. But we're actually from another realm, aliens, strangers in this world, amen? Amen. amen. I, think it's, I think it's one thing the church has lost. They've lost that they're, they're actually strangers in this world. And as strangers in, the, in this world, I don't live for this world, so when God comes along and I get born again, He places eternity in my heart, I don't live now for this world. I live for eternity. Amen. I'm dropping out things very quickly. I'm just... Let me make another bold statement. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for this life. So what happens when we lose our way as spiritual beings? This is what happens. The gospel is now received and it's believed for this life. So now we want to enhance our life. We want to better our life. We want to get, ask God to give us better business, whatever, to get more finances, to do all these wonderful things. But the gospel then becomes uh, relegated to this realm when the gospel is way more than this realm. And then when I'm living in this realm, I'm not living for this realm, I'm living for another realm because that's where my country really is. Amen. My heart's desire is to go home. See, this is foreign language in most of the church. And the reason why I live here, that's why Paul could say something radical. He could say, for me to die is gain. It's to my benefit that I die. Because then I can go and be in the realm that I'm called to and that, uh, the realm that I, where I'm from. But I'm a stranger here, but the reason why I stay is not for me, it's for you. It's Paul's words. The reason why we live in this realm, friends, we've been born again, God's redeemed us. Friends, we, our home is somewhere else. It is better for our gain to go. In fact, if God, if it was just about that, we would get born again and shoop, be a shoot. But the reality is, but there's people, there's people walking around, there's people that you are walking past every single day of your life in this realm that need you. The desperate cry of people's hearts is for the true sons and daughters to be revealed. What are those? Spiritual beings, friends. I'm a spiritual being, I'm a true son and a daughter of God. So if I want to live in that realm, friends, I've got to understand what that actually means. So what we did this morning, just as a quick prelude, is a demonstration, friends, of what it means to try and tap into being spiritual. Because we say those things so easily, but we don't understand them, we kick back into the natural. 
It's very easy for us as, as with our bodies to do a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm a spiritual being and a spirit man inside of me, and it's difficult for me to demonstrate what my spirit man is doing. So just like in the natural in my hands, I can reach out and I can grab hold of something, so as a spiritual being in the spiritual realm, I can reach out and grab hold of something. And God said that everything that you conceive, everything that's seen, friends, it came and was made from the unseen. And everything that's seen is temporary, it's complete opposite. Everything that you and I see, we think that's permanent. Things that I can't see, it's gotta be temporary, it's the complete opposite, friends. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter four, I think it's verse 17, 18, everything that you see, friends, is just temporary. It's transient. Everything that's unseen is permanent, friends. The realm of the spirit is unseen and it's permanent. And everything that's permanent, friends, was pulled down into the temporary so that we can see it. That's why Jesus, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, when this world was created, he breathed and he spoke and he took out out of what was permanent and he pulled it into the temporary so that you could see and he breathed and life and this earth was created. That's the gospel, that's the Bible. And so as a spiritual being, I've gotta activate my spirit man. So what we do is in the realm of the spirit, you can't see it, but we reach up into that realm of the spirit and if I I can activate it, I do it via the body so that it helps my spirit and my mind come into unity because my mind, friends, wants to operate in the natural realm. It doesn't want to have the mind of my spirit. We could get to that scripture. But we tap in, so what we do is we reach up our hands into the realm of the spirit. And as the spiritual beings, we begin to communicate spirit to spirit. We reach into the realms of the unseen, the realm of God, and we grab hold of the things that are ours and we pull them into the scene, friends, because that which we cannot see, we still understand and we do know because I'm a spiritual being. No one knows the things of the spirit except the spirit of God. And I have the Spirit of God within me. Woo. Let, me let me give you another example. Adam and Eve. Crea- God creates Adam and Eve, begin to operate. There's two trees. They choose rather to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of the tree of life. I love that. God never, ever, 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 ever withheld life from us, ever. But He withheld knowledge. The knowledge of good and evil, friends. Because when you eat from life, friends, he becomes your knowledge and your understanding and your wisdom. Seven spirits of God, spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation, spirit of knowledge. Bible says when Jesus came, he became our wisdom. See, God wants you to have knowledge and wisdom, friends, but not from the wrong tree, right? So Adam and Eve, they eat from the wrong tree, on this day, you will surely die. What happens is their identity died. They died as uh, an understanding of who they were, sons and daughters of God. And then they journey, and there's a whole process in that, and they have kids, and all of this happens. I don't want to go too much into all of that, but there's a whole process along. And then we come along to um, Genesis chapter 11. Let me just read it quickly. Genesis chapter 11. 
very first verse says this. Now the whole, whole earth had one language and the same words. Isn't that interesting? The whole earth had the same language and the same words. What's the chances that Adam and Eve were speaking English? What's the chances that Adam and Eve, the language of Adam and Eve was a heavenly language? And all the way through to Genesis chapter 11, there was only one language in the same words. It was a heavenly language. Listen to what it says here. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of of Shekalabamba, the Sundalokura by Shende, Shanael, Shakahama, and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. Absolutely, I haven't got time to sit there and camp there. But when man tries to do it from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, guess what he makes? He makes bricks. When God does it, he makes a living stones. When man does it, he makes bricks, and guess what? And he burnt them thoroughly. If you want to live in this world, and you want to be a brick, you're going to get burnt thoroughly. Right? But man can do amazing things with burnt bricks. Um, and uh, so come, um, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the children had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people. They all have one language. This is the only beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they purpose to do will now be impossible for them. Wow. That is powerful. I haven't got time to unpack all of that. But there's amazing... There's a couple of key things in that whole revelation understanding in the natural and how God does it in the exact opposite. But I want to say this. They were, had one language and one purpose, friends, and nothing was impossible to them. And God had to come and disperse them, and he had to change and give them all different languages. Can I encourage you that God said you need to tarry and wait in Jerusalem? Because something is going to happen in Jerusalem. See, John the Baptist came along. He says, I baptize you with water. Well, one who is coming after me, who I can't even, I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals. He's gonna come and he's gonna baptize you the Holy Spirit and fire. And then when Pentecost does come, friends, and when they were filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit, they were empowered from on high. There's something about the empowering of Holy Spirit that we're missing. There's something about the gift of a language that we're missing. Because in the early days, nothing was impossible to them. God dispersed them because they were eating from the wrong tree with a design to reach to the heavens, with a design to make their name great. Are we getting this? But when you eat from the right tree and you can access heaven and you can make his name 
great. So God comes on Pentecost and gives them a heavenly language. In the natural realm, English, Afrikaans, Zulu, Kosa, Swana, it processes through the mind, and we understand, friends, these individual different languages. In the realm of the spirit, in the heavenly language, it processes through the spirit, you and I are all speaking the same language. It's the language of God. It's the divine purposes and plan and will of God. When you and I come together and begin to speak in tongues, we come into unity with the same language. And when we come together in the same language, we begin to speak the direct purposes and plan and will of God, and we begin to access into the realms of where we are born from, where we live, who we are, and our identity in Him. And friends, that unseen realm, which is permanent, which is where I'm going to return back home, allows me to pull into this realm everything that's needed And if I understand eternity, and eternity God's placed in my heart, Ecclesiastes 3, 11, if eternity has been placed in my heart and I live for eternity and not for the now, then I live well. I'm no longer, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me and the life I now live, I live for him. If I've got eternity in mind, friends, I'm living for him. The realms of the spirit, I'm not, to pull, I'm not pulling down my Porsche. I'm not pulling down my job promotion or increase. What I'm pulling down is the heavenly realm, the heaven invading earth. My responsibility is to bring rivers, to bring life into this desert land. So we are spiritual people, friends, when we understand this and living for eternity... We understand that that's why the Bible says you can store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't corrupt when you're living for this realm, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the rest actually gets added. In our wake should be the added stuff because we do need it. We know that we do need that. But I'm not living for this realm. I'm living for another realm and I'm pulling down from that realm for not for my gain but for their gain. It's a whole different understanding of the gospel, friends. For the sake of time, Lord, help me. We could do a little exercise in the Bible. We could run through a whole bunch of stuff in Luke chapter 4, Jesus, and he goes through, uh, um, he gets uh, led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. He goes through three temptations, very important, those three temptations. If you unpack those, it's very necessary in order for you to be able to operate in the power of God. Unless you can make sure that those are not strongholds and are not kings and don't have authority in your life, Friends, you'll never be able to operate in the power of God because those things will usurp the power of God. Three areas that he was uh, attempted in the wilderness, but the Bible says he came out in the power of God. And when he came out 
in the power of God. Same in Luke chapter four, you will see there that the Bible says that they said, wow, he teaches with such great authority and power. And then he went on and he cast out demons and he healed all those who were oppressed because he was now operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. The new covenant power of the Holy Spirit. In, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, it's a story about where Jesus is uh, talking about, um, talking to the, to the, uh, his healing, his ministering, uh, and, and, and his, it causes, there was a, a blind and, and, and mute person, and the, the, he heals him, eyes are open, the guy begins to speak, and the, peop, uh, the Pharisees, because they're intimidated, said, oh, you are actually uh, healing uh, in, in Beelzebub's name. And then Jesus said, no, I'm not, I'm not. If I was healing in Beelzebub's name, then it would be a, a, a kingdom against itself, divided against itself, cannot stand. But then he goes on and he makes an incredible statement. He says, if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He's saying, if you cast out uh, demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come. Then he sets his disciples, gathers them together, and sends them out. And he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cast out demons, set the captives free. The Spirit of God enabled, divinely enabled us to heal the sick, cast out demons. The kingdom of God has come. Amen. So us operating in the kingdom of God, Jesus is is, is explaining to us our mandate, our purpose, and who we are. We are spiritual beings. The kingdom of God has come into our lives. And now by the power of the Spirit, we can cast out demons, we can heal the sick, we can uh, minister the, the kingdom. Amen. We're getting this. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, we've been blessed, we've been, been blessed, so it's a past tense, every, with every single spiritual blessing. Uh, verse 13 of chapter 1 says, We've been sealed with the promises of the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of our inheritance. Let me quickly read Ephesians chapter 4. And I'll pull this together. I therefore a prisoner, verse one says, I therefore a prisoner, Ephesians chapter four, verse one, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We're eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were all called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let's jump to verse 17, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. So we are called not to walk like the Gentiles in the futility. So really it's just futile to walk in the futility of your mind. As the people of God, we are called to be 
spiritual beings, and we are not meant to walk like the Gentiles in the futility of our minds. So just as the world is walking around, and friends, they're operating from their minds. All the knowledge, all the wisdom that they've gained, where they've gone to university, they've gone wherever they've gone, it's all been packed up in between their ears, and now the decisions that they're making, they're operating, things that they're doing, they're trying to achieve in the futility of their minds. But the Bible says, don't operate in the futility of your mind. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated, understanding, alienated from the life of God. Alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality. The flesh, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you and I learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self. Here's the practice. That's what it means to be born again. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Woohoo! There's a, a flow here that God's trying to, trying to uh, explain to us um, that we, we were a people that were operating in the futility of our minds. That's the, the only thing, the concept. And, and we, were, we were darkened and we were separated from life, friends. But now that we got born again, friends, we are not as the church meant to operate in the futility of our minds. As a church, we've got born again. We've now united ourselves back with life, friends, because in the futility of our minds, there's a couple of things that happen. It says that we move into, into two arenas, sensuality and greed. What are the two arenas that the church is suffering the most today? The church today operates in sensuality and greed, friends, because it's operating in the futility of their minds. Bible says the last days, 2, Corinthians, 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says you'll face three enemies, friends. Lovers of self, lovers of money, and lovers of pleasure. Those three things can be summed up in sensuality and greed. And if you operate in the futility of your mind, you will operate in the sensuality and greed. But we are called to operate in the newness of the spirit of our minds, to put off the old self to put on the new self, transformed into the likeness of Christ, and he gives us the model, just as he is so are we in this world, and his model, friends, is that he had to go and get baptized, and then he had to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he had to be led into the wilderness, and he had to encounter three things, friends, that would try and control or take over his life, and if he subbed to those three things, friends, he would operate in the futility of his mind, but he had to conquer those three things so that he would no longer operate in the, in the futility of his mind, but he'd operate in the power of the Spirit. And when he conquered that, friends, and he came out in the power of the Spirit, the first thing he did is when he began to speak, he spoke in the authority of the Word of God. And when he spoke in the authority of the Word of God, he began to cast out demons and cast out foul spirits, and he began to heal the sick, and he began to operate in the kingdom. Friends, and God's called us as the people of God to operate in his kingdom, in the Spirit, friends. Because we have one language. 
And one can put a thousand, but two can put 10,000. And a group of people can mobilize and they can transform cities and nations. And that's why he's given us the nations as our inheritance. And so friends, we have this incredible gift that's called tongues. It's this heavenly language from the spirit realm. That we as the people of God, when we begin to speak in tongues, when we join together, friends, we begin to operate and move in tongues, friends. Not only does it transform and encourage us inwardly, friends, but it unites us with one purpose and one mind so that we can reach to the heavens, friends. Not build it with bricks, friends, but with living stones. We come and we build up to the heavenlies so we can access the realm of heaven, friends. And when we access the realm of heaven, it's just so that he can make his name great. I'm not accessing the realms, friends, so I can make my name great or I can make, have a comfortable life, friends. Jesus died on the cross, friends. He died for my sin. He died for my sickness, friends. He died for many things, but he did not die for my comfort. Because I'm not from this planet, friends. And comfort is not a word, friends, that's in my vocabulary to stop the kingdom of God from coming. Every time the church is challenged with difficult things, friends, comfort is the word that gets in their way. But surely, surely, God, this can't be you because uh, this is taking me out of my comfort zone. We need to take most of the New Testament and burn it because Paul was way out of his comfort zone. They were stoning him, he would go back again. Friends, no idiot gets stoned and goes back to get stoned again. The reason being, friends, it was not about his comfort. It was about the gospel. It was out about obedience to the Spirit of God. It's operating the realm that God has called us into, friends. We are spiritual beings. When we come and we have a church service, friends, this is one of the most challenging things today, which just, and I, it, it's, it, it breaks the heart. There's people that act that are born again, that act fleshly and come on a Sunday and try and be spiritual. We're supposed to be spiritual beings, friends. And Sunday is just an overflow of who we are. Amen? Not we come on a Sunday and go, ah, what are they doing? I don't know what they're doing. And I'm confused and that doesn't sound right. What's that guy talking? It, sound, it was a funny language. And why is that guy putting your hands up and you're reaching into, what's he talking about? What's up? <laughs> the things of the Spirit are not supposed to be strange to us, friends. They're supposed to be normal. I do, that's, that's how I live. And when I come on a Sunday, it's even better because there's a corporate sense. We do stuff together. It's very, very powerful. And I know I can put 1,000 to flight, but man, I get together on a Sunday to put 10,000 and more to flight. I come on a Sunday so I can transform people's uh, uh, environments and, and, and situations and, and do amazing things. There was a testimony um, that we heard down there, and forgive me for the guys that were down there, but I wanna challenge your, your thinking with just this simple testimony, is that there was a guy who was blind and he had lost his eyeball. There's no eyeball. So they go and they pray for him for healing. And when they pray for him for healing, friends, he jumps up, whatever, and he's healed, and he can see. Woo! And everyone's going, yoo-hoo! And they have a closer look. There's no eyeball. How does a man who's blind, who gets healed, and can see with no eyeball? Because just maybe you can't see the eyeball, but the eyeball's there. 
It just maybe sight doesn't come from the natural, maybe it comes from the spiritual realm. Maybe it comes from the realm, friends, which we actually cannot see, and he can see very clearly, but it's coming from the realm of God. That would scare the living daylights out of most Christians. Can you imagine when a guy comes wheeled in here on the, uh, in a Sunday, and, and, and not yet, Lord, but, but soon, uh, and he comes and he's got no legs, and we pray for his legs, and we say, grow and be healed, whatever, and we pull him out, and he stands up and he begins to walk but he's got no legs. You just see the two little folded pants. You see, can, can, you, can you even, can you, can you grasp that? It's the realm of the spirit, friends. It's not this realm. I'm not tied into this physical realm. I don't want to be tied in this physical realm anymore. Oh my God, he shows me things. I want to see things and I want to pull them into this natural realm, friends. Whether you or my eyes can see them or not. Amen. They don't change our faith, friends. That's why the Bible says we must maintain the unity of the spirit. And we, are, we are eagerly trying to, to get to the unity of faith. <laughs> but we eagerly want to get to the unity of faith because everyone's got their own ideas and doctrines and all this kind of stuff. We're trying to pull everyone together. And pull. But the reality is, friends, we've got to stay in the unity of the spirit. Maintain the unity of the spirit. So we gather together as the people of God. How many of us, and you don't, don't put up your hands. How many of us speak in tongues? How many of us speak in tongues for more than five minutes a day? How many of us even know what we're doing when we're speaking in tongues? How many of us, because our minds are so unfruitful when we're speaking in tongues, lose our way and start thinking about what's for dinner and how we're gonna do it and See, then it becomes vain babblings. Now, I know this went left. Uh, I know in the church, I've been born again a long time. Howard and I can share stories. Been, been born again a long time. And I know we took this thing somewhere, friends. But my voice is croaky because I'm praying in the Spirit very actively these days. But I know the enemy does not get intimidated by how loud you pray. Amen? But man, it's nice to pray loud. Because there's something about in the natural, me activating and coming to line, my head coming to line with my spirit realm because I am aggressive and the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence are taking it by force. And there's something forceful about when you raise your voice. Something forceful about reaching into the realms of the spirit and grabbing hold of stuff, contending for stuff and saying, you got you, come here. See, when you do that, you can't go, Friends, when you do that, Jesus, amen. That shouldn't intimidate anyone. It should go, whoa. Let's have a prayer meeting now. Let's begin to pray, friends. We've got to encourage ourselves that we're spiritual beings, friends. It's very hard to live in this world and be spiritual beings because everything is trying to feed the natural realm. And we get a little bit confused of what that really means. We get a bit spooky. We, we kind of, it's weird because the church begins to go off in different directions, which intimidates us. Guys do weird and wonderful things, which come, is all put under the banner of the Spirit. But friends, all of that, friends, needs to be put to one side. And we need to make sure that the Word of God stays true and stays truth. Amen? Tongues is powerful. It was given to every single one of us. It was given so that we can have a heavenly language, so that we can be in unity, so that we can access the realms of heaven. It's the direct divine, when we pray, we're praying the will of God. 
There isn't any side trails and all. It's just straight the will of God. And we're going in, friends, and we're grabbing hold of stuff. We're contending for stuff because the enemy knows, friends. He lives in that realm. How many of us know, Connor shared, I just want to reinforce it again. How many of us know that we're spirit beings? And that when we got born again, we became one with God. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. We are one with the Lord. When you became one, you became one with Holy Spirit. We're together. Holy Spirit and I are one. Holy Spirit's teaching me. He's helping me, friends. So when we talk about a dove on a shoulder flying away, friends, it's very difficult because I've got to fly away as well. Because he's one with me. Amen. Now we do understand, I'm not knocking anybody, I do understand what they're trying to say. We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because his manifest presence, he can... He can withdraw in the manifest presence of we operating and being stupid, okay? But he's always there, always there for us to tap in, to unite with him, friends. So when we pray, when we have our prayer times, when we're operating in our little closet, when we're speaking to him, it's tapping into Holy Spirit. And if I don't know how to pray, see, Holy Spirit helps me in the natural as well. Friends, if I've got a sore toe, I don't need to go into a whole big, I know, I, can, I know how to pray, right? But if I've got pain in my body and I can't figure out what's wrong with it, I need to tap into Holy Spirit. I need to connect with Holy Spirit. Then Holy Spirit will pray through me in what? In a heavenly language, in tongues, about the situation, and we'll deal with the situation, and I'll grab hold of the same thing. Amen? So we can access the realms of the Spirit via our English language, and we can also access the realm of the Spirit via our heavenly language. But there's something powerful about our heavenly language because it brings unity. See, I'm going to pray with my Zulu brothers and my Kosa brothers, and they can be praying in Zulu. They can be praying in Shwana and Kosa and, and uh, all kinds of Sutu and all kinds of languages, and I can be praying in English. But we can pray across one another. But when we come together and we pray in tongues, we, we pray in unity. And we pray the divine will of God, and we kick the butt of the enemy so hard and so fast and so quickly, friends, versus the diversity of, and that's why they were all scattered, because the diversity of tongues meant disunity. Amen. It's very quiet in this Presbyterian church. So what I'm encouraging us is something that really was stirred in my heart and came back when we were on the, at the conference. Was we've got, to, we've got to take hold of our destiny again. Holy Spirit was a promise of our inheritance, friends. He's a down payment, the Bible says. The Spirit. When, I'm, when, I, when I go to be with the Lord, I'm going to live in the realm of the Spirit. But here on earth, I'm living in this realm, this tent. That's why my spirit inside of me groans. This silly tent. That's why there's whole silly teachings and all of that, how we are immortal and my, my body just, no, friends, I haven't got, I haven't got my, my immortal body yet. I'm gonna get it. This sucker still has to operate on this earth. But this sucker is not gonna take away from my identity of who I actually am. I'm a son and a daughter of God. And the Lord is the spirit. And I'm a son and a daughter because I'm spirit. And as long as I'm spirit and he's spirit and we're united as one, we're gonna operate in the spirit. Amen. So we as a church, this church, 24-7, are gonna operate in the spirit. And we will not take no for an answer in the natural realm. Amen. We do not need to take no for an answer in this natural realm. I will take no for an answer in the spiritual realm. If God says no, it's no. We're just being obedient to him. But in that realm, all the promises are yes and amen. amen. That realm. When I tap into those, friends, and I bring my life into line, and I, I can add my amen to Jesus, yes, it's mine in Jesus' name. 
So we wanna go after stuff, friends. It's unacceptable, some of the stuff that's going on in our own personal lives and in the church. We wanna go after those things and say, no, it's unacceptable. We go into the realm of the Spirit and we pull those things down. Now, how do we do that? We do that, we're coming together. And I wanna encourage us as a church, why we need to go to home groups, why we need to go to these prayer meetings, friends, is because you'll be operating throughout the week in a realm, friends, that only understands the futility of the mind. And that's what we're talking about in kingdom as business, friends. You can be out there as a businessman and you can desire with every part of your being for your business to be success so you can go and help uh, people, friends. But when you're operating in the, in the, as kingdom business, then your business, friends, is just a sphere where you can bring the gospel, where you can transform lives, friends, where people uh, can be impacted and changed for eternity, not just for now, friends. I'm not trying to give people a better life for now. Because come the end of time, it means absolutely nothing, friends, and they will scream your my name as they get shot down into hell. We are trying to captivate people for eternity. We are trying as the church to make a shift, which is what I wanna pray this morning, a shift that we are no longer living for now, we're living for eternity. There's eternity in our hearts. Everything that I'm doing, I'm doing with eternity in mind, not just now, friends. I'm not just looking for a better life. I'm not just looking for a, a better way. I'm not just looking for comfort. I'm not just looking for pleasure. I'm not just looking to enhance and to be, uh, to be blessed. I'm looking, friends, for eternity. I'm saying, Lord, I've got this moment, just this brief little moment on this, in this world to actually operate as a kingdom child, to operate in the realm of the spirit, to cause people's lives to be changed, uplifted and ministered to. I have the absolute privilege of being a channel for the vessel of the spirit of God and the power of God to heal the sick, cast out demons, change people's lives for eternity, not just for now. Shall we stand? We wanna live well, amen? So I wonder if we can, if you're comfortable, if you're not comfortable, it, you don't have to, but if we can, let's just lift up our hands into the realm of the spirit. Because you can't see it, so you might be sitting there in your mind and thinking, well, how do we know our hands are short and how do we know what's above our heads and whatever? Well, the realm of the spirit, you can't see it, so you don't know where it is. In fact, it's right there. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not here nor there. The kingdom of God is within you. Actually, we're drawing from the realm of the spirit within us, but it's nice to access and activate so we feel like we are actually physically doing something, which in our spiritual man then activates him to do something, which is to reach up. So Lord, we're reaching up in the realm of the spirit, but in the natural, we're just lifting up our hands. We wanna access the realm of glory this morning. And Father, we wanna just come before you and the first thing we wanna do is repent. Repentance is simply to change the way you think. It's not some big religious word. It simply means to change the way you think. Re, go back to pent, penthouse, highest place. Go back to the highest place. The highest place is the word of God. We repent, Father, where we've made any adjustments, Lord God, from the word of God, from truth. Lord, because truth supersedes fact. So the reality of truth this morning, truth is, Lord God, that we are not living for this planet, for this life. We are living with eternity in our hearts. We are living for eternity, Lord God. It doesn't mean the Father doesn't care about how you live and what you do and everything on this life. Of course He does. The Bible says you don't think the Father knows what you have need of. 
But Lord, we want to live with eternity in mind. And to live with eternity in mind is to live in the Spirit. And the Bible says, walk by the Spirit. So Lord, we want to operate and walk by the Spirit today. So our hands are lifted up, even though they're getting tired. Our hands are lifted up into the realm of the Spirit, Lord. And as spiritual beings, Lord God, together in unity right now, we want to reach in to the realm of the Spirit. We want to grab hold of our inheritance. We want to grab hold of that which you've called us to. We want to grab hold of everything that you have for us because we have been blessed, already blessed, past tense, been given every single spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So thank you, Lord. Now we reach in, we grab hold of that which we need, that which you've given us, that which you've called us to, that which is ours right now, in the name of Jesus, and we pull it down into the natural and seen realm. We thank you right now, Lord God. We receive it, we pull it into this realm. For those that are needing financial breakthrough and needing finances, we reach into the realm of the Spirit and we pull down provision in the name of Jesus. We thank you now, Lord, for a release of provision and of finances into our lives, Lord God. Not so that we can be fancy big, but Lord, we pray, Father, that we would become rivers. Rivers of finances, Lord God. Rivers of financial blessing, Lord God, that we can be a blessing. We were blessed so that we can be a blessing. We were blessed so that there is a purpose for God's blessing. It's so that you can be a blessing. So we pull that in, Lord, so that we can be a blessing in Jesus' name. We pull in favor, Lord God. We pull in, Lord God, just the, the anointing of God released over our lives in every single area, Lord God. Every single area, Father, even right now. Even right now. And just so we, because we can, before we end this morning, let's just pray in tongues for 30 seconds. And you can pray as loud as you want. But we want to go after those things right now. And Lord, in our heavenly language right now, we go after all those things that I've just prayed in the natural now. So I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord God, for your blessing right now and for pulling it down into this realm in Jesus' name.